0: What have we here? Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren.
1: And I am Jessica.
0: Welcome back to another exciting episode. We had uh, another poll, it's as usual, to determine what our next episode was going to be about. We were talking about rogue specializations this time around. And we weren't sure who the winner was going to be at the end, but it came out to the Legionnaire Scout.
1: Congratulations, Legionnaire Scout.
0: Yay! Yay. I'm sure they can uh, come pick up the prize once they're uh, done being dead.
1: Yeah. It's rough. Being a
0: Legionnaire Scout is weird, man. Well, it's
1: funny because they're dead, but uh, thanks to this specialization, Uh you'll only die once.
0: Right. (laughs) Exactly. Not, Not twice. Not twice. Well. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and get right into it. We haven't really gotten any news this week beyond uh, more epi- more uh, issues of, uh, goodness, Whew, the new Dragon Age comic book that's out right now, uh, man, you know, it's, uh, I think it, uh, one of the new episodes, one of the new issues has got Sebastian in it, so you should go check it out. Uh, new uh, comic book from Dark Horse Comics, uh, goodness, what is it called? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Knight Errant, that's what it's called. There we go. Just check it out. It's cool.
1: Also, uh, not too much time left before Gen Con.
0: Oh, it's true. Yep. Our, our goodness, I think our next episode is gonna be right before Gen Con, actually, right? I think you're no, right. I think we'll have, no, I think we'll have if, one episode before let's see, before we really get into Yeah, yeah, we'll have one more.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I believe we're probably going to yep. uh And then
0: we'll release an episode technically on the fir- on the first day of Gen Con.
1: Uh we're probably gonna have to skip that one.
0: We'll we'll record it. Early in that
1: week. Oh, okay. Very okay.
0: early in that week, because we're going to have some... We're going to be doing... uh that week, which is the week of... It'll come out August 17th. We'll be uh, getting some things in order. We will not be able to record on our usual nights, so we'll be recording uh, earlier that week.
1: But uh, we uh, we really hope to see you guys there at Gen Con. So mm-hmm. maybe uh, leave us a notice somewhere on in any of our many ways that you can contact us. Let us know if you're going to be there, and if you want to meet up and say hi, because yeah. we would... Sure love to meet you guys.
0: We'll be running... I'll be running a Dragon Age game, I believe, uh, Thursday afternoon, 1 to 7, and then a Dragon Age game Friday morning, 8 to 1. So if you want to come say hi, feel free.
1: And I'll just be uh, generally wandering the con. So, come find me. Let's go to Scotty's. It'll be great.
0: Oh, man. That'd be super cool. Anyway, uh, we should go ahead and uh, consult that codex of ours. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We, of course, have a couple of returning champions for our Codex entries today. Thank you both very much again. Of course, we're talking about, first, Parcival from the Green Running forums. Thank you again. You, uh, this next question was rather quick, and we talked about it a bit in the forums, but I wanted to get into it just a little bit. Uh, your question uh, with regards to the mass combat tests. You asked, "Do you think the difficulty numbers for your tests, were, your many tests, were too low?" The eventual target number for the advanced test was fine, but the skill tests were always succeeding, even though the modifiers were quite different to begin with. Barring rolling something like triple one, it seemed too much of a formality. One might as well just roll a single dragon die to compare the results. I'd be tempted to go against up to the target number. Attempted uh, to up the target number uh, by two across the board. To let those modifiers actually mean something, what do you think? And, uh, I think, actually, quite a bit about this particular question. Um, that a lot of it goes into target numbers, I think, sometimes. You'd, uh, of course, yeah, as, as a GM, you'd be perfectly within your rights to oomph up the numbers. They just, from what I was reading were the rules in the book and the suggestions, they seemed like the most logical choice to me. I thought they reflected the expertise and the resources available to these two commanders, uh, my process, my thought process went something around like this, uh, Abilene city guards are well-trained, but they're, and see, but they're nothing particularly special, and, uh, and see, nothing exceptionally skilled like the Qatari of the Antam. The Qatari, uh, who are the average soldiers that the, uh, that the Airshock had to work with are born, are born and raised for their position in the military, uh, but they're still foot soldiers, uh, both sides had specialists, the bulk of their forces were rank-and-file soldiers. I mean, the Arashok had Stens, and the Arishok had Sarabas, um, and Aveline had Templars and Mages, uh, and some uh, really good members of the City Guard. But, it was, uh, i say, but, you know, the rank-and-file soldiers are the ones who determine the target numbers, so I decided that the target number for Aveline's soldiers, uh, at least at first, was an 11, because it was the number for uh, men-at-arms, I believe, because the next step up was knights. Uh, and that didn't feel quite right for City Guard.
1: Maybe a little bit too skilled.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe just a bit too much for City Guard, uh, because uh, I believe that also included Hurlocks uh, and Templars who have ex- who are particularly powerful who have had exceptional training. Uh, that is where I put the Qatari because that because they're they're born and raised for that very specific position. But a target number thirteen for the for them is not too much. Uh, I thought it seemed reasonable at both times. And of course, uh, in later phases, the target number for Aveline's, uh, soldiers did raise to 13 as well. Um, but, uh, I'm always usually in favor of low target numbers for several reasons. It keeps the players feeling awesome, because they can actually succeed at the tests that they're trying to do, so we, they, can, they can do more stuff, they can hit more people, they can cast more spells, they can climb more ropes, they can jump more gaps, um... Keeping the numbers low, uh, as Andy actually mentioned on the boards, also keeps the test possible for PCs who aren't specialized, uh, but, ma- and make it, you know, simple for those who are, uh, and which, of course... Which
1: makes good sense from a yeah. gameplay perspective of, you know, it's, making it possible is good for one character, and then if you've got a character who's really good at something, it should be a walk in the park for them if they've been doing it for ever and ever yeah. and ever.
0: A target number 13 test is not hard for the Arashok, who is literally the leader of the Kunari military, um... Let's say target number 11, especially, uh, because the, uh, the Aeroshock really couldn't fail most of the tests. Um, but Aveline, of course, could if she. Uh, let's see. But she knows, still knows what she's doing. Uh, she had plenty of bonuses to work with, and Andy mentioned that he did uh, very nearly miss the test a couple of times. But, let's see. Uh, low target numbers, I usually think, are generally a good idea in the first place. If I ever look at a target number and wonder, is this too high, I usually decide it is and take it down by two or so.
1: Um, If you wanted a reason to, uh, like, I wasn't here for that previous one, but um, don't forget that you could use things like terrain and hazards to raise the Mm -hmm. target numbers for everyone involved.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Or even give penalties for the commanders to make uh, good judgments. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of numbers in age games aren't really meant to be very high. Eleven is meant to, you know, be an average roll for most people, and uh, let's see even target number thirteen is considered challenging. Um, it, it can be difficult to remember uh, for, for that. Be, that we are not playing a D twenty game, uh, which a lot of us come from, and see uh, in, in especially in this hobby, um, where the numbers can sometimes get very high. We can that's be tempted. True. We can be tempted to think, man, thirteen, that's it.
1: Yeah. That's- that that's pretty it's pretty slow it's pretty bad in a d twenty
0: mm-hmm. in a, in a d twenty game a target like a target number thirteen would be would be considered quite low, um, but in a three d six game the numbers are going to be fitting into a bell curve so getting uh, smaller numbers is generally a better idea, um, and honestly those numbers aren't even the most important in mass combat because that's just determining you know who's winning the fight the most important should be the numbers that the PCs are getting in the crisis points. Uh, which we, would, of course, would never have time to show off in one of these shows unless we did an actual play. Which, mm. I mean, we could do. That'd be fun. We, we did could, it a couple times. We
1: did an actual we did.
0: play. Now with mass combat, though. Oh, that's true. And some crisis points. That could be fun. So uh, thank you for the question, Parsifal. This is something I've been mulling around in my head for a while. I hope you like it. Thank you. Thank uh,
1: you very much.
0: And, of course, uh, our second question comes from our good friend Andy Klosky through our email. Thank you again. We're still working through all those questions that you sent us. We very much appreciate it. Mm
1: -hmm. There's nothing like having a good backlog of questions. Oh, yeah.
0: It's fantastic. Uh, To what degree does crafting, particularly poisons, traps, runes, grenades, hold prevalence in your games? Do you include any additional mechanics or narrative elements to reinforce these choices? Well, recently in our campaign, Uh, poisons, traps, and grenades have been making quite the appearance. Uh, because the pieces are trying to take down a crime lord who they have already wronged once and is expecting okay, them. Okay,
1: we didn't wrong him. We yeah, solved yeah. a problem.
0: <laughs> you guys took away all of his connections. You guys yeah, killed. We
1: saved a nation. You're uh-huh. welcome, Ferelden.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he wanted he wanted Ferelden.
1: He didn't get to have it. You can't <laughs> yeah. always get what you want.
0: So uh, this this crime lord also happens to be a traps expert, and he equips his minions with poisons and grenades, in numbers that are quite overwhelming at this point.
1: Really remarkably so. There's it's true. an impressive amount of all of these things.
0: There are like a half a dozen rogues on the board, and each of them has got at least two grenades and I think two doses of poison, most of them which have already been used.
1: We literally bought them all mm-hmm. out and hired them over to our side. That's how we <laughs> uh, solved yeah. this problem.
0: Yeah, right. And um, I think that a lot of the that these things might get overlooked a little bit because uh, they, they're not... Um, they're just kind of they're they're sitting in there in the equipment chapter and they can feel like they're a little lonely there but these small things eventually can add up quite a bit uh can add a lot of oomph to an enemy uh especially if there are five enemies all with grenades at the ready with magical potions quaffed, and their weapons coated in poison um -hmm. while the, the individual enemies that we that i had were not necessarily very tough on their own uh the consumables uh not only give them uh, the PC some excellent rewards should they defeat their foes, but they add some considerable threat to higher level PCs.
1: Yeah, there there were some nasty poisons going on that were taking people nearly to paralysis levels. Oh yeah, like,
0: and these are level eighteen characters, so these uh, so that and venom stunt still only costs two stun points, and if the PC so if the PC gets hit, and even if they take no damage, they can still get poisoned. Things can get pretty mean, and uh, throwing a shock grenade at the uh, at the warrior clad in heavy armor is still going to hurt.
1: No, you know, I would argue that if you don't take any damage because your armor absorbs it all, that you wouldn't mm-hmm. be poisonable.
0: I could see that. In the rules, technically, it just kind of happens. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't but really... I'm
1: saying, like, that just mm. seems to but make yeah. sense. Like, it I would gotcha. be hard to poison someone you didn't actually inflict a wound on. Hmm. It makes sense. That's, that's for another time, though. That's for, mm-hmm. like, a corner... Cases of discussion, or something. right,
0: right. <laughs> but um, so they're they're all quite appropriate for intrigue-based games or games that involve a lot of dungeon delving, where traps are common. Uh, the addition of these elements, especially more than one, can make adventures much more treacherous.
1: And they uh, certainly make players think creatively to get around them.
0: Oh, certainly, especially if there, there's a lot of traps lying around that the PCs are finding, and they've uh, they think that that skirmish stunt all of a sudden is a lot more useful.
1: It's true. But <laughs> <Got laughs> some... <laughs>
0: Gonna push this guy into the deadly scythe trap ooh there he goes Oof. ouch 4d6 penetrating damage sorry buddy sorry about you <laughs> so uh thank you uh andy let's see and of course everybody everybody listening if you have a question about the dragon age rpg whether it's mechanics Build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else. You can send a message to Podcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts. Or you can send a personal message to Caught the Protector on the Green Roaring Forums. That's me. That's him. We always love getting questions. Oh, that we do. So please, uh, if you've got them, send them in. And um, we're going to uh, touch on the distant verses really quick here. We haven't really got anything to show just uh, at the moment. Um... But we thought we'd just, uh, I just, I mean, I thought I'd throw this out here because I made it and I think, I think it's pretty cool and I updated mm. it just recently. But we mentioned it a while ago on an earlier episode, but I wrote a short introductory adventure for the Dragon Age RPG called What Chains Are For? Uh, you can check it out in the link in the blog post for this episode and you can feel free to use it in your own games or introduce people to Dragon Age for the first time. And if you have any comments or questions about it, then you can let us know in the document itself or uh, give it to, or tell me. So just quick little tidbit in there. Uh, so we'll be skipping over the dissonant verses uh, otherwise for now, but just thought we'd let you know.
1: I mean, this seems pretty worthy of a dissonant verses. You wrote an entire... Yeah.
0: We mentioned it in an earlier dissonant verses. Yeah, like but just... now
1: it's completed. Yeah. Now it's votes. done. Ta-da, <laughs> Sparkle Boy. <away. laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, he's been working on this for a while, and let me tell you, it sounds like it's going to be pretty cool.
0: Unfortunately, I haven't really play tested it in, so with uh, players uh, here in uh, in our, in our t- hometown, but we're gonna give it. A, I'm hoping to give it a try sometime soon.
1: Yeah, you know, um, uh, a friend of ours probably gonna be back in town before too long. Mm-hmm. One Sarah, hi Sarah, if you're still listening to the podcast, Woo. but uh, she should be back in town soon, and she'd probably be somebody who could have a good time doing that. That
0: could be fun. Yeah. Right. we'll sure. have to consider that. Well, uh, we should probably uh, go to our main topic for today and drop dead. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. So you're a Legionnaire Scout. That was
1: a really dark way to open this.
0: Turn to page 69 in the core rulebook and you can see this spec for yourself. I'm going to go ahead he and do that. You also forgot now. to
1: say this is our main topic for today.
0: That's true. What can I say? I'm a rebel in my own show. Yep. So.
1: <laughs> fight the power. Fight that is yourself.
0: Fight the power. Row, row. So, what is a Legionnaire's Scout? Uh, it's pretty much what it says in the tin a Scout of a legendary Legion of the Dead. There are rogues who rely on Guile to fight, just like any other rogue, but they endure unbelievable hardship in the dark despair of the Deep Roads, fighting the darkspawn around every corner until they drop. While warriors in the legions employ are simple warriors with heavy and plate and heavier weapons to smash the darkspawn, these rogues can keep up with their warrior comrades. They can fight through hardships that would kill lesser peoples, avoid deadly hits, and soak damage almost like a warrior can. This is a very special special specialization special mm-hmm. specialization of the rogue class for several reasons right out of the gate and th- some of these are quite noticeable even just from glancing at it see uh, first uh, this spec helps rogues kind of tank.
1: Mm-hmm. Anything is... that can help rogues stay alive longer is most welcome.
0: Oh definitely. Um, however, the second thing is that this specialization is very exclusive. Uh, you can buy the, uh, let's see, as it says in the tin, in the book, you can only take the specialization if you are both a dwarf and a member of the Legion of the Dead. Uh, let's see, but some GMs, of course, can over, may overrule this. Um, third, it is one of the very few specs that has requirements in two stats that are not primary abilities. Oh, for, let's see, for, especially for rogues, uh, which is constitution and willpower. You
1: have to have three or higher in both of them. three or
0: higher in both of them. Man. And because those are secondary abilities, some, you can probably have a couple extra points to throw around in those two, but you'll, but because they're not primary, you're probably going to want to make sure you plan for it.
1: Yeah, that's actually, that's a pretty high bar to entry. It really quite is. Quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Because your usual rogue is going to want to be putting their points in other stuff, so that's mm-hmm. a bit of a balancing factor in and of itself.
0: It's true. So, uh, quick, we're going to talk about what in the world is this Legion of the Dead we're going on about. The Legion of the Dead is a very unique facet of Dwarven society in Orzammar. Essentially, they're an elite military organization that's independent of the Dwarven Army. Their goal is to eliminate the Darkspawn. Easy, right?
1: You know, just give it a couple weeks. (laughs) Take, take some. Just kind of let it
0: percolate, you know. See, throw in, see, throw in some tall tales, and uh, it's just like alchemy.
1: It's fine. It's be great.
0: Uh, They seek the simple goal of taking as many of the Darkspawn with them as they can before they themselves expire in the Deep Roads. Their seeing is a terrifying force for many reasons, but one reason tends to stand out. They consider themselves already dead. Legionnaires give up everything to fight the Darkspawn. Family, property, everything, their future. It all goes away to fight the Darkspawn. The Legionnaires' charge inspires fear than the Darkspawn and awe and observers, because they fight with nothing to lose. They're somewhat similar to the Grey Wardens, accepting just about anybody into their ranks and, of course, primarily opposing the Um, uh, Only one non-dwarf has ever joined the Legion, uh, the human Sir Aurelian Pentagast, if you're curious. It's always a Pentagast. It's always a Pentagast. Uh, but supposedly they take just about anybody.
1: Still, the uh, frequency of non-dwarves in the area, i.e. the infrequency of such a thing happening, means that it's largely going to be dwarves. Which is probably why there's a restriction on the specialization.
0: Joining the Legion uh, itself is actually a great honor in Orzmar, uh, and those who do are recorded in the memories as having died a glorious death, regardless of their past or their crimes. Some people join the Legion to atone for crimes, to settle debts, to restore their family's honor, or even for one last hurrah. Uh, whatever the reason, the Legion takes them, and the Shaperate takes them in, and the Shaperate records them forever as a hero. It is sometimes given as an honorable death penalty for criminals in Orzammar, uh, as was the case with uh, the one of the most iconic members of the Legion of the Dead that players of the game should know, Sigrin. Before new recruits are taken into the Deep Roads, uh, there is a somber ritual that is performed that is considered to be a funeral. The new members meet one last time with their family and loved ones, say their final goodbyes, chant and raise glasses for the newly deceased. They are then escorted by senior squad members into the darkness, never to see Orzammar again, shedding final tears as the doors to their former lives slam shut. The Legion of the Dead has no headquarters as of 913, Dragon, having lost their fortress Bownammer to the Darkspawn. They abandon the fortress with great regret, but they intend to claim it again. They travel about the deep roads in groups now, leaving Darkspawn corpses in their wake, securing and building caches and strongboxes for other Legionnaire squads, and burying their dead so that they may return to the stone.
1: They're a pretty intense group of people there. It's true. Doing a pretty honorable job.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. They don't go halfsies because they've already gone fullsies.
1: It's true, although I will bet you could find some really rather impressive ways to bring this into a campaign. Maybe we should do some uh, adventure seeds about this at some point, mm. character seeds. Yeah,
0: probably. So, uh, what does this spec do mechanically? Uh, it pretty much makes you more difficult to kill, and it's a very straightforward spec. It doesn't have a lot of it doesn't have any activated powers. All of the stuff that you get is passive, uh, but it does make you uh, quite hearty. Uh, the novice degree is somewhat specific. Uh, it gives you two a plus two bonus on tests to resist pain, hunger, fear, and despair. It's very flavorful, but kind of specific. So, uh, if you are going to have a legionary scout in your game, GMs, you may want to add a few tests in the campaign that allow the legionary scout to utilize this bonus. Uh, but stick with us; there's still some cool stuff coming. Uh, the journeyman degree makes it more expensive to perform mighty blow and lethal blow stunts against you mighty blow now costs three stunt points and lethal blow costs six and this is a very rare kind of power this kind of power doesn't show up in doesn't show up in a lot of magic items and it doesn't show up in a lot of, in any specializations besides this one um this forces any, uh, foes to give up precious stunt points to harm you meaning that they have less room for extra stunts like pierce armor disarm knock prone or other things and uh See, and this also, supposed this also could, you know, negate stunt point discounts that enemies may have been getting otherwise, like the two-handed style journeyman degree discount on mighty blow and the berserker's master degree of lethal blow, uh, the discount to lethal blow stunt it makes those cost normal instead of costing cheaper. Um, the master degree gives you a bonus to your armor rating equal to half your willpower, at least two, that is always present, even if you're not wearing any armor, and it That's stacks, nice. and it stacks with any armor that you already have on.
1: Uh, no, that's that's useful for rogues who oh, yeah. are not normally known to be wearing things heavier than light armor. So that's
0: mm-hmm. true. Given that rogues can usually only wear up to heavy leather, which only gives you an armor rating of four, uh, they usually it's uh, usually relying on finding exceptional armor later in the game, like masterworks. Uh, this can make you ex- considerably more survivable. Um, most people may underestimate the potential of two extra armor, uh, but that extra armor can add up quickly, especially for rogues who don't get armor much past four or five, if they're lucky. Um, if you get no special armor for your rogue, this will still get you at least an armor rating of six, for which for a rogue is pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need at least a willpower of six to make this go any higher, uh, but this can be done with secondary ability advancements, UI extras to throw around, or even magic item or two to boost your willpower.
1: Yeah, but... Uh, it is a bit of a tall order for a rogue. That's an awful lot of stuff to put into your willpower. Mm-hmm. So, you're using your secondary ability advancements, just punching them into willpower, you're going to have yourself a problem.
0: It's true. Yeah, so, I would already... say just
1: take the two that it gives you and be happy mm-hmm. with it.
0: Yeah. Um. So, how do you usually get this spec? Um. This is going to be one of the harder specs to get just because the way it's written, it is very gated. Um,
1: and it sort of limits the opportunity for things you can do after taking it because it's, it's kind of a job. It's
0: kind of it's kind of the end of the road for your character. Uh well, an end of normal roads and opening of the deep roads, but
1: No. Nah, na nah, 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 nah.
0: uh, join na you know, of course you can join it and you can usually get it by joining the Legion of the Dead, which is not a picnic and is usually a four life deal.
1: Yeah, that's well, in that your life is over. Mhm. And now you belong to these people, so you can fight until you die. For real.
0: For real, Zingtons. It is very unlikely that there is a tome that teaches how to be a Legionnaire scout, but one did exist in Dragon Age Awakening, so if you want to put it in there, feel free. Um, You could most likely find a trainer, but this likely requires you entering the Deep Roads and coming across a squad of Legionnaires, and finding one who is willing to sit down and teach you their secrets. Uh, well, of course, this is dangerous on its own, but it could be incidental if the PCs are adventuring in the deep roads anyway. Um, the PC could begin the campaign in the Legion of the Dead, perhaps leaving the Legion when an opportunity to escape, uh, to the surface arises, or being separated from their original squad and having to unite with the rest of the PCs for a common goal before returning to the Legion. And, uh, of course, uh, players will want to plan ahead with their GM if they wish to obtain the spec, as it is quite exclusive to who can earn it. GMs may naturally lift some restrictions to make it easier to get if they wish, but remember that this spec is not something that is necessarily easy to learn in the world of Thetis.
1: Yeah, some of the best things involve making some pretty rough sacrifices. Like, mm-hmm. you want to be a Grey Warden? You know, risk death. If yeah. You, and condemn yourself to an early death. Mm-hmm. You want to be a Blood Mage? Everyone's going to hate you. You want to be a Legionnaire? Uh,
0: guess you'll die.
1: Guess you'll die. There's, There's... Tends to there tend to be prices with power in Dragon Age,
0: mm-hmm. so and don't
1: forget to leave that in there.
0: Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, GMs, if you would, and players, of course. But you know, we want as many people to enjoy this as they can, so uh, let us so let us know how it goes in. Um, do any specs complement this one? And the good news is there really isn't a bad choice. This one actually meshes pretty well with just about all the other specs for rogues. Um, assassins have a strong focus on melee combat and taking down targets quickly, so the defense of this spec combines with the offense of the, uh, offense of the assassin for an excellent combination that I'm sure the Legionnaires would appreciate. Um, Bard makes an interesting character concept, uh, as, uh kind of like a, a stone singer who uses their song to embolden their allies to help them endure the incredible hardship of being dead.
1: Oh, I kind of like that.
0: I, I thought it was kinda cool, like someone who remember who remembers the chants that they, that was sung for the, like their funeral chant that was sung for them and they sing it to keep their allies going.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. Someone who perhaps counsels those who have already lost their lives, but counsels them to use what's left mm-hmm. of their unlife to
0: It's true. Bard doesn't necessarily have to be an Ordesian bard. Bard was a, was a profession before uh, it was immortalized by the Orlesians, so it can just mean a performer. just means you know some really dang good songs.
1: Although that one does tend to come with an Orlesian tag on it. So. Yes. It, it, it might be difficult to justify mixing those two. Mm-hmm. You just have to be careful with it.
0: Yeah. Being a bard in Orle usually carries different uh, connotations than being a bard just about anywhere else.
1: Yeah, But the, uh, the as far as I recall, the bard specialization kind of...
0: The specialization itself, you know, it kind of lends itself to... It's a
1: to, bit Orlesian backstabby. A
0: little bit. Well, the specialization, te- uh, the mechanics itself are just for singing, uh, singing performing buffs and uh, controlling. Okay. The, so Maybe I'm just assuming. That <laughs> I, I mean, all the bards you've ever met, we, we would have ever met, would have been Orlesians. So there it, you go. It, it, it kind of creates that. But Philium, a bard, would remind us that bards come from everywhere. Love it. He's great. Uh, Duelist is somewhat thematically inconsistent with the Legionnaires, who are kind of rough and tumbling it in the deep roads with the Darkspawn, but could represent skill that was picked up before joining the Legion of the Dead, and we know that the Legionnaires would certainly appreciate somebody who knows where to stick a rapier into a Darkspawn. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you can match up the fluff, the crunch is actually pretty solid to
0: get It is, yeah. It's one of the two rogue specializations that lets you do penetrating damage with Pierce armor, and I can't imagine a Legionnaire would not appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marksman is also a pretty solid choice for Legionnaire for just about the same reason. Uh, but it makes you a sniper. Yeah, uh, see, you, a uh, sniper of the Darkspawn, locking them to their knees, to their, uh, so as your allies can set up counterattacks and deadly charges. Uh, you're also tough enough to survive encounters in melee should the enemy not fall quickly, and you're forced to go into melee combat. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh, ranger creates another unique concept for legionnaires oh, i uh, like that one yeah rogues who can call brontos deep stalkers giant spiders or bigger creatures to help them fight the darkspawn give the legionnaires more eclectic reinforcements when they engage the darkspawn uh the gma may have to make a list of deep roads critters for the ranger legionnaire to summon but this can be an interesting character idea
1: yeah i really like that one yeah and uh gives lots of role play opportunity for bonding even though the ranger tends mm-hmm. to not bond with their animals we give you some interesting role-play interactions.
0: The way the original is written, yeah, it's it's not really meant to be friends with the animals they summon,
1: But there have been exceptions. Yeah.
0: Like, uh, goodness, I think, like, uh, Jarek Dace, I, th- I think his name was, or one of the Daces, uh, had, was a ranger who summoned a Bronto named Tug. Oh. He was really you cute. You know
1: once you've named your animal. But... Exactly.
0: Then that animal's got to come back. Yeah. Uh, and Shadows are an absolutely strong choice for Legionnaires, Uh, I mean, you're sneaking up on the dark spot already, you were hopefully doing that in the first place, and it only makes you harder to hurt with the decoy stunt, and makes you hit harder when you go Master Degree, so, it works really well.
1: It's, I mean, it's an obvious pairing. Oh yeah, And it's one that thematically can work very well. Mm
0: -hmm. The Novice Degree lets you take less damage when you enter Shadow Mode, and you get a stunt that lets you make stealth checks to just avoid damage, so if you're a shadow legionnaire it's really hard to hurt you
1: which uh goes a long way when you're dead
0: Mm-hmm. so uh, a couple of quick build considerations most of these are thematic suggestions as rogues are fairly generalist in the first place and you can accommodate just about any build for a Legionnaire scout uh this the uh specialization itself doesn't really lend itself to any specific fighting styles or builds just anything that the legionary legionnaires can use to kill the Darkspawn, they're cool with it um being a rogue, you've only got a few combat talents available to you, but all of them can work out perfectly well. Dual weapon style, unarmed style, single weapon style, thrown weapon style, they all work great. Go for it. Um, you're probably not going to be using a... Uh, a legionnaire scout's probably not going to be using a lot of role-playing focused ones like uh, oratory or intrigue.
1: Though you could. You could, I mean, if, it, if a lot of it has to do with the inner workings of maybe even rebuilding legionnaires into a unified organization. It's true. Or just keeping mm. an entire group of people together so that they don't, you know, kill each other first.
0: <laughs> that is true. Those warriors ain't getting the Legionnaire Scout bonuses to say it tests against despair.
1: Yeah, I mean, morale is going to be a hard thing to keep up when you're in that situation. That's so a fair point. I think being able to use those could be really important, actually.
0: Yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, with, if you are doing uh, Legion of the Dead campaigns, uh, and you're going to be in the deep roads all the time, you may talk to your GM about using poison making. With so many deep mushrooms around, they make a lot of nice poisons. Uh, Chirgy can go a long way in keeping you alive. Uh, with you hard as, with you already have being a hard as nails spec, this can work quite well to improving your survivability.
1: Yep. <laughs> so you've got decoy, and you've got your Legionnaire Jeez. armor. So once somebody finally does hit you and injure you, you can There's use a, a minor action and just <laughs> be like, wait a minute, and then just wrap it up and be like, good to go.
0: <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. Uh, trap making can also work excellently to create ambushes for the dark spawn. Uh, you don't even necessarily need tools to make it work, although the target numbers do get a little bigger, so keep that in mind. Um, and, of course, scouting. You're, you're a scout already, so scouting is a solid choice. Helps you sneak. Helps you get the drop on people. Helps make sure people don't get the drop on you. Always good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, thievery can be very useful if you're stumbling upon a lost tag that has locked treasures.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody likes being able to unlock things.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of equipment, talk to your GM about whether or not you might be getting exceptional armor for your Legionnaire, as it can help your survivability grow beyond that of a typical rogue even more.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, uh... Might as well boost that strength of yours.
0: It's true, you're probably gonna be uh, you're probably gonna be doing a lot of melee combat as darkspawn seemed to prefer that.
1: Why well, not boost the uh, good abilities? That's true. Not necessarily. Str- I, I. Oh know, yeah, yeah. I was poorly wording.
0: That's it. Boosting, the constitution.
1: Honestly, yeah, honestly, boosting strength isn't a bad idea either because mm. you're gonna be up in the front taking all the hits. You might as well be giving them back. That's true. So look, yeah, look for things that are just gonna make you oh something that when the dark see you they get a little sad <laughs>
0: they get they get sad they don't wanna
1: yeah, but I think overall as a uh, specialization I really like the fact that it is so sort of versatile and applicable mm. with so many other things and so many other oh, styles yeah. of combat and I think like I kind of like the weird uh, disparity between how sort of uh, Crunch-wise, how widely applicable it is. It's true. But fluff-wise, how very few people can actually use it. It's true. There's You're there's something to... to be said for that, for taking something yeah. that's really, really uh, good at working with a lot of different scenarios, very versatile, mm-hmm. and then putting it on a single sort of giving people a single mm-hmm. way to get it.
0: Yeah, giving you a pretty long checklist to get it. Uh, the way it's written, you can only... You have to have, of course, a willpower and a constitution of three, which is going to make you pretty hard to hurt in the first place. Uh, you have to be a dwarf, and you have to be a member of the Legion of the Dead. Yep. Those are some those are some pretty hefty prices to pay.
1: I'd imagine that at least, uh, you know, uh, there have been non-dwarves that have joined the Legion of the Dead. It's so. true.
0: There's been one. one there healing. has been one. There has been one, which means there can be
1: more. So be a dwarf or a pentagast.
0: Of course, they may, of course, even if you're not a dwarf and you want to learn, they may require you to join the Legion.
1: Mm hmm. In fact, that wouldn't surprise me unless you were, again, like you could have a GM where you're out in deep roads and you meet them, and out of necessity, perhaps you will need to travel with them for some time. You find some Legionnaires and they teach you their ways just so that the lot of you can survive together to get That's true. you where you need to go.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Of course, that would be pretty nice of them.
0: Yes. Getting this specialization into a game definitely requires some advanced planning. So, players, if you want it, tell your GM early so that they can get it. They can they can sneak it in there.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you guys come up with any cool concepts for how to maybe bring this into your games mm. or how to build a character around it, let us know. Send us some stuff. Yeah.
0: And if you ever have questions about it or want some help, we'll be happy to help.
1: Absolutely, just let us know. But, uh, I think... I think that does it. I think we've, uh, done this, done the specialization to death.
0: Oof. I'm dying over here.
1: It's, uh... <laughs> it's a pun.
0: Hmm. You're killing them. You're slaying them. Yeah. You're knocking them dead.
1: <laughs> so, so before we, uh,
0: before we beat this dead horse anymore, um, beat this dead Bronto anymore, uh... We should probably go ahead and uh, wrap it up. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been... This is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die.
1: And this is Jessica, as always, wishing you good heels and happy feels.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to One is a Thinist podcast. We'll see you catch you next time.
1: Bye-bye. next time. Bye.